Hello, hello. Is it still morning or afternoon? If, if you have breakfast already, I consider it afternoon. I really like that video um, talking about what we're grateful of. Um, as a big brother, I uh, definitely grateful that uh, my sister uh, got married yesterday. So those that uh, know Sandra and Ariel, they uh, uh, did the covenant yesterday. Um, so that's why my throat is a little raspy and I'm a little tired. But uh, um, God is good. God is good. It's been a long week. Uh, a lot of families, uh, members in town. Um, my dad actually last night he he passed out. He fainted, so they were in the hospital till like two p.m. So it's just been a long, long week. Um, but happy to be here, nonetheless. Um, and you know, talking about uh, marriage, I was reflecting yesterday in the wedding uh, on how much wisdom we need. Uh, to make sure that we have a, a correct marriage with God. Amen? And that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. We're going to talk about wisdom. Um, so let's pray. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Father, thank you for encouraging us to listen to your word. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit leads us this morning, Lord. Um, prepare our hearts and our minds, Lord. Remove any obstacles, any doubts, anything that's uh, troubling us this morning, Lord, so that we can receive, so we can uh, fall in love with you, Lord, and, and know about your scriptures and your commandments, Lord, Father. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' heavenly name we pray, amen. So we're still doing the series, right? What's the name of the series that you guys are in? Life Hacks. It's been a good series, though, right? So I'll start today with just asking you guys, who is wise? Ask your neighbor, who is wise? Who is wise among you? And... It, this works out great for me because two weeks ago, we were talking about James and the power of the tongue and how uh, being able to control our tongue or being led by the Spirit to control our tongue uh, sometimes can help us get out of situations or keep us away from getting into bad situations. And in the book of James, he's transitioning from speaking about the power of the tongue into how it connects to having wisdom. And that's where we find ourselves in, in that chapter 3, uh, verse 13 through 18. Now, one of the first things that we want to call out today is that the kind of wisdom uh, a person possesses, the kind of wisdom Gabe may have. I'm picking on you today because I don't see Marvin here. The kind of wisdom Gabe may have or I may have that can be revealed uh, by how we live our lives. So you can look at our lives and say, okay, this is the type of wisdom this person has. And wisdom comes in two flavors. You're either going to have one or the other. You're going to have wisdom uh, of men or the wisdom of God. 
wisdom from above or earthly wisdom? Are we here? All right. Now, a couple questions to ask yourself as we connect to the text and get close to the text that we're going to read is, ask yourself really quick, who's the wisest person you know? In, in your top five, who's the wisest person you know? You know, if it's laughing, he might say, man, my dad, my dad's pretty wise. Who is that person? You know, uh, how often do we seek wisdom when making decisions? Ask yourself, like, how often do you really stop to say, man, is this a wise decision? Or is it like the whole thing with controlling of the tongue where you're just going? And then you're like, man, I'll regret it later. How do we gain wisdom? What's wisdom? Ask yourself these questions as we get closer to the text. And again, we're going to read from James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. Uh, so if you have it, pull it up on your phone. We have it up here on the screens as well. So uh, let's go to the scriptures this morning and see what uh, Dr. James tells us about wisdom. Verse 13, he starts off with a question. He's telling him, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done, in the humility that comes from where? The humility that comes from where? Wisdom. Key words to underline, first and foremost, is He's talking about who is wise and understanding. When we're looking at the word understanding, James is trying to present to the people he's speaking to at the time is that who is a professional, who's a specialist, who's the skillful person, who's the expert in navigating through life? Who understands the art of living without crashing? I'll ask you again, among you, who is able to navigate through this world without making a mistake? Who is the wise and understanding? And I'll paint this image that I used in the Spanish service just to help you kind of how we should all visualize our Christian walk. I use this a lot. But our Christian walk, we're kind of like a big cruise ship, right? And we're just navigating. You know, God calls us to you know, to be in the world but not of the world, right? So we're in this cruise ship. We're, we're guiding this cruise ship. And yet, although we're in the water, we're not submerged by the water. So we're not submerged by the things of this world. Amen? So keep that in mind as we go through the message because I'm going to reference that a lot. Who's able to navigate their ship this morning without crashing? If you are, raise your hand because I want to know how you're doing it so far. Now, you might ask yourself, man, so what is causing us to crash? Why are we not understanding amongst ourselves and skillful in navigating uh, life, period, everything that we do? Why do we make so many mistakes? Why do we sin? Why do we fall short to God's glory? That's simple. We go back to Adam and Eve. When they sin, that transfers to us. And ever since then, we've been battling this issue of sin. We've, ever since then, we've been crashing. We've been driving this boat, crashing here, stumbling there, 
That's just the reality. We are spiritually blind because of that. Spiritually dead. Not so much that you're just like swimming and that you need a little help. No, we are drowning. Dead. And that's where we need Jesus. Thank the Lord. But because we're spiritually blind, that's why when we're navigating in this boat of life, we're constantly crashing. This happens when we're navigating the boat of our finances, the boat that represents our marriage, relationships. We're blind. We're trying to drive this thing. We're trying to do this thing called life without the godly wisdom, with a bandana over our head. Does that relate to anyone this morning? I'll give you an example. The Bible tells us, hey, save your money so you can give more. Earthly wisdom tells us make more money so you can buy more stuff, duh, right? Be happy. The Bible tells us, right, godly wisdom tells us, hey, honor your partner, honor marriage, honor that constitution. Worldly wisdom tells us, hey, get a divorce, be happy. That's why the divorce rate is so high because it's about you. It's about being happy. And those are the things that we get from earthly wisdom. The Bible tells us we were born male and female. Now we have like eight different genders. Boy, girl, boy and girl. I don't know what the other eight are. But all of that is earthly wisdom, wisdom from below. The Bible tells us not to defile our temple with pornography and so many other things, yet it's one of the largest industries in the world. Earthly wisdom. And all of these things that are foolishness don't only apply out there, but it infiltrates in our congregation as well. So I ask you again, who among you is wise? Who among you is living a wise life constantly? It's, it's like sometimes, you know when you're watching a, a horror movie? When you think about the, the stuff that you've done in the past, and some, I know sometimes I reflect, and I'm like, what an idiot. Like, what was I thinking? I, I do that a lot. But it's like you're watching a horror movie. You know how sometimes you're watching a horror movie, and, and you see like, the girl that's trapped in the house and the guy's coming to get her and her, instead of like picking up her phone and dialing 911, she'll go to like the basement and hide. And it just so happened that in the basement, there's, a, there's like a chainsaw and a bunch of machines that the guy can use to just cut her head off. And that's how sometimes we see our lives. We're like, that was stupid. Just be real. We do foolish things when we live and navigate our lives through the wisdom of men, the wisdom of the world. The second word that we should highlight in James uh, 13 and 14 is he's talking about humility, humbleness, meekness. Let them show it by their good deeds and humbleness. Now, we do a lot of good. We do a lot of good things. But the difference between good and right is when we do it in a spirit of humbleness. When we do things when we're not trying to get credit. 
When we do things where we're not trying to pat ourselves in the back. That's what makes a wisely decision. When you're humble, you're gentle. You're not arrogant. You know that it's not about you. And this is what associates with godly wisdom. Humility. First is understanding. The second is humility. It's understanding what you know. Applying it. But not applying it in a way that, haha, look at me. But more so, man, thank you, Jesus, for guiding me. Humility. Apply humility into every single little thing that you do in your walk with Christ. That is wisdom. When you see someone uh, acting in such a way, that's someone with wisdom. Someone that's humble and understands that, hey, man, I am really nothing. I am nobody. I am zero in this equation. The minute you start taking credit for your skills, what you do great, your job, your family, the minute you start taking credit for that, you move God out of the equation and you start to tighten up that bandana again around your eyes and you start operating with the earthly wisdom. Are we here? Verse 14. But if you harbor bitter and envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it. Or deny the truth. Now in this verse, he's telling us, you got to take action. Don't deny the truth. If you are truly feeling this way, if you're bitter and you're full of envy, a sign of having wisdom and saying, hey, man, you know what? I'm messed up. I'm bitter. I'm envious. A sign of having wisdom is having checking up yourself and say, hey, you know what? I need to change this. That's a sign of having wisdom. Wisdom is not simply a matter of knowing stuff and knowing things. We Nowadays, you can find information on really anything. You can go on YouTube, Google. If you want to learn how to cook, you can go there. You want to learn how to fly a plane, you can go on YouTube. There's a full tutorial. You want to lose 10 pounds in three days like I did. I try to do for the wedding. All that stuff is on there. You can find anything. You can find anything. But it's not really about uh, having the information. I got a quote here from uh, a pastor, John MacArthur, that I really like. It says, true wisdom is not intellectual, but is behavioral. That's the sign of someone that has wisdom. A lot of times we connect wisdom with knowledge, but it's two different things. It's behavioral. It's how you go about your life. And I challenge you guys to observe the people that you do life with. Because a lot of times you can be with people and they might tell you all the right things. But what are the fruit of the spirits? What, what do we see in them? What are they producing in their lives? What kind of actions are they taking? And we can apply this to every single aspect of our lives. Behavioral. What are we doing? I, I'll share a funny story that I shared earlier today. Um, I get to coach James in baseball, and it's something I really brings me a lot of joy. But when you volunteer, you don't just coach your kid. You coach all the kids. And this reminded me of this about intellectual and behavioral. Because um, we're constantly uh, coaching the kids, giving them instructions on, on what to do. And, 
And I'll give you an example. Like, this is one kid. His name is Pachi. Like, he brings me a lot of joy because he has, he's like one of this energetic kid and always happy. So, I, we usually put Pachi in first base. And, you know, when, when you're coaching T-ball, you can stand on the field with them and really tell them, hey, this is what you need to do. Like, we're literally right there. So, I'm like, oh, Pachi, look right here. I'm going to put you right here in first base. When they hit the ball to you, all you got to do, catch the ball, touch first base, call timeout. That's all you got to do. Mind you, to get outs in T-ball, it's like hitting a home run. Like, you get one out. You're throwing a parade. Outs don't come that often because a lot of things need to go right to get an out in T-ball. They got to catch the ball. They got to throw the ball. Like, there's a whole lot of things that we take for granted. Sound like Pachi. Ball comes to you. Two hands. Use your helping hand. Catch the ball. All you got to do, run, touch first. You got it? I got it. Pachi, I'm going to tell you one more time. When this guy hit, this guy right here is a lefty. He's going to hit to you. Pay attention. Get ready. Cast the grounder, go to first base, tag him out. Sure enough, lefty comes, hits a grounder. Pachi grabs the ball. I'm like, go to first. Pachi wants to second base. <laughs> Did I do it right? I, sometimes I grab my hat and I'm just like, yeah, man, you're good. You're good. We'll get him next time. Pachi knew what he had to do. He knew. But the behavioral aspect of it didn't match up. And that happens with us all the time. I mean, I'm looking around here. A lot of us, we've been doing church for a minute. A lot of the things that we preach is not something you have not heard before. <laughs> Yet we still struggle and battle. We still crash. Why is that? Ask yourself, why do we continue to battle, continue to fall short? Why doesn't our, our knowledge match with our behavior at times? Why doesn't what we know match with our conversations that we have? Why doesn't what we read in our Bible match with our actions? Why is that? This is why we spend a lot of years in church and still don't have or lack wisdom. Because our behavior is not showing. If our behavior would show what we know and read about the Bible, we would spend every single day during the week trying to tell someone about Jesus. I know I crash that all the time. This is why we see a lot of bishops and deacons and pastors just the other day, the, the Christian comedian that canceled all, all his tours because some sexual allegations or something like that. Our intellectual does not match our behavioral. The biggest fool is one who knows the truth and fails to apply it. Application question for you. Do you have the skills to living a righteous life? Are you living righteously on a constant basis every single day with every conversation, every decision that you need to make? Because that's true wisdom. That's wisdom, godly wisdom. Fifteen. Such wisdom 
And this is the earthly one. Does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. That's the truth. James refers to this type of wisdom uh, as unspiritual and demonic. The first truth that we learned today was that there's the wisdom from above and below. But in 16, we learned that you cannot mix the boat. That you cannot mix both. You can't navigate the boat in this life that we're in. You can't navigate that boat getting two sets of instructions. You can't, set, you can't use the earthly instructions and the instructions from above. It's going to clash. It's going to come with discontent. You cannot mix the two. We will crash. It's impossible to restore marriage, to restore any, anything that we're battling, any addiction, any relationship. If one day we're using one set of instructions and the other day the other. It's just not going to work out. We're wasting our time. So my question to you is, who are the voices that are guiding you in making these decisions? And that can be many different things. That can be your teachers, your parents, if they're not believers, your friends, social media, the news, politics. What are the things that are guiding your life? What are the voices that are pouring down wisdom into you? What are the voices that are helping you navigate and not crash? What are the voices that you need to mute down? And what are the voices that, man, you know what? I should raise this voice up a little bit. Because this person seems to be someone with some kind of wisdom. Verse 17 and 18. Now this is what heavenly wisdom looks like. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, peace, loving. It's considerate. Someone with wisdom is constantly considering others. It's submissive. This is great for people in marriage. Submissive. Someone that has wisdom in their marriage is submissive, full of mercy. Someone that has wisdom is easier for them to forgive and forget. Full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Pacemaker who saw in peace reap and harvest of righteousness. How many of us are constantly trying to harvest righteousness throughout our week? That is true wisdom. We should all strive to want to reap and harvest righteousness. The voices that should lead us every single day should be God's voice, Jesus' voice, the Bible. And I know this might sound repetitive, but there's no other way to put it. That's why we have scriptures. There's no different than, than you buying a car and them giving you a manual. You deal with cars, right? Does every single car have a manual? Any, every single car that comes out the lot. And every manual says to operate for optimal performance. It's there for a reason. So when something messes up, you can go there. And they're, they're very detailed, right? It's like every chapter, you got a whole chapter just on how to 
turn your left signal. Like it's super detailed. But the Bible is the same way. Every single little thing that you might be struggling with is found in Scripture. Some of us even know it, but it's not matching our behavior. So we lack wisdom. So then we get frustrated because we're crashing. You're crashing because you're lacking wisdom. You're trying to navigate through life, through life, but your eyes are blind. One day you wake up listening to Pound 96. Next day you're listening to Alma Vision. Let's go back and forth. When we go side to side, we never go forward. You're both going side to side, but it's never going forward. What's the voice that's screaming the loudest to you? When you wake up in the morning, is it the voice of, I got to go to work, I got to be there by nine, forget everything else? Think about it. It happens to all of us. What's the voice that's influencing your kids if you have kids? What's the voice that's dominating their lives? I mean, I'll share with you one of the main reasons why my wife and I took our kids out of public school is because if my job as a dad is to instruct James, Emily, Alexa to seek godly wisdom, it's extremely challenging when they're getting eight hours of earthly wisdom. Eight hours of this versus the time they get with me, it's super challenging. So that in our part, that was a, a, a wisdom decision. Again, what's the voice that's screaming at you the loudest? See, your parents, husband, wives, your job. Because if we don't identify this voice, we're constantly going to trip over it. We're constantly gonna cry crash and we're gonna live a frustrated life always wanting more seeking more and it's not about that so if you are struggling with this if you are struggling with wisdom and if you are struggling with saying hey you know what i realize that i lack wisdom in my life I lack wisdom with how I operate, with how I'm navigating this boat. These are the life hacks. Life hack number one. Stop. Park the boat. Instead of going from left to right, stop the boat. Stop and check yourself. Look at the areas in your life where you act selfishly because most of the times those are the areas that is keeping you from operating in the wisdom of God to operating in his realm what's in you that's making you selfish what are the things that you hold on to the most stop and surrender that surrender that to God that's the only thing we can do to move forward. Stop, go back, look into that so we can move forward. The second life hack is to look. 
And when I say look, it's more in terms of take notice of what God has already done for you in your life. So many times we get caught up with what we don't have or what we wish we had. Remember, the spirit of the age, the wisdom of the earth, there's certain things that are set for us where we think, hey, this is what we need to have, right? So, like, have you ever, you guys ever seen, like, the food pyramid or what breakfast should look like, right? Like, breakfast, right? What is it? Eggs, uh, some protein, something else. Like, that's what it should look like, right? And the wisdom of earth also tells us, hey, you need to have this job and make this amount of money. You need to have this house. Then you need to get married. Then you need to have kids, not that those things are bad, but that's not for everyone. And if you're not there in your life, you shouldn't be envious. That's just reality. Because the minute we become envious and the minute we want to strive more not to honor God but to be like that person, we are operating without the wisdom of God. That's why contentment is such a big deal. And it's hard because we live in a world, like Will always says, all we see is all the highlights. So we want to be like so-and-so. I get it. I've been there, done it. But you need to come correct with yourself. You need to have a moment with yourself and say, hey, this is reality. Some of our reality is due to our not behaving according to what God's called us to do. But then now what are you going to do? Are you going to still complain about it? Be envious of others about it? You got to come clean with yourself. Not because God doesn't know. He already knows. He already knows. So look. Look around. Look how God has blessed you. And stop focusing on what you don't have and you wish you could have. Because maybe that's not for you right now in time. That's where trust comes in. That's faith. We either have faith or we don't. If we don't have faith, then might as well just close out and go home. What are we really doing? Look. And the third one is, third life hack, if you're taking notes, is to listen. I always tell my kids, you got two ears and one mouth. Let's make them count. Listen. Listen. Listen to God's voice. A lot of times we're so just busy driving this boat that we don't stop to listen. Got to stop to listen. Earthly wisdom tells you to go, 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 go. Godly wisdom tells you to slow down. Someone told me that there's like two kinds of people, right? Like there's people like when you're, at, when, when you're driving and there's a street light, there's two kind of people. When the light turns yellow, to some of us, that means, man, I got to beat it. I got to make it. 
And if you're like me, I'm stopping. My wife hates it, by the way. <laughs> and I always stop when we're late, right? She's like, why didn't you take it? <laughs> but there's two types of people. When you see yellow, it's either t- in your mind, it's like, oh, I got to beat it. Or it's telling me to slow down. Listen and slow down. Listen, slow down so that you can spend time with God. So you can spend time in scripture. And I know this sounds repetitive, but there's, there's no magic formula. Is read your Bible and apply what you learn. And what you don't understand, trust in God that he's going to guide you. But when we operate in the wisdom of earth, wisdom of man, there's no room for that. As believers, as we navigate through this world, we should be pursuers. Pursuers of the wisdom of God, that's number one. Number two is pursue wisdom in things of this world. A lot of times we, we put God in like a little box where well, I can only know about God at new vision. Or at so, no. God created everything. Look for God in everything that you do. And the last one, and this is the most important one, is pursue wisdom in walking with someone that's wise. If I were to ask everyone today, do you have someone in your circle that you consider, hey, that's my wise. If there was like a wise emoji, like, that's that person. Who's the wise person? That's why I asked you earlier. Who is wise among you? Who's helping you navigate? And I'm going to close with this. Who's helping you navigate? They say that, people say that you need three kinds of friends, right? You need a, a mechanic. I'll call Jeff. You need a lawyer or you need a doctor, Right? Mechanic, anything happens with your car, I call Jeff, just like an expert, boom, 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 done. You got a fever, call the doctor. You got some some law issues, you get a lawyer, good lawyer, right? You should have a, a lawyer friend. But you know what? When when we're at home struggling with, with depression or anxiety or 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 things of in marriage or 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 struggling uh parenting. Who's the person you're going to lean on to? Who's the person you're going to, you know, go to? That's the point of being a part of a church. That's the point of being a part of a body. So that we can have wise counsel around us at all times. You going to give me advice? Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. That was a wise move, by the way. But And I'll share a, a quick uh, testimony. As you guys know, we moved to another church. And part of that move was because, excuse me. Part of that move was, hey, we're going to do this homeschooling thing. We're going to need some help. I've never done it. It's scary. So for me, it, it, it was a good moment for me a few days back because my wife, she was, we were going through some stuff, homeschooling. We're like, oh my God, like, 
this is crazy. Are we going to be able to make this happen? Like, this is hard. And at the place that we're in now, there are families that have kids that have kids that went and did it. So for me to sit there and for the pastor that we have now, for him to point out, hey, you know what? Go talk to that person over there. Because there are three kids that are now in their 20s. They already did it. That's wise. That's seeking people that are wise. People that, are, that went through it and now they're applying it. And I only share that to challenge you. To make sure you have those people around you. To guide you. And it can be a husband and wife thing. It can be among brothers and sisters. But your walk in, in Christ is going to be extremely difficult if you, if you try to do it on your own. A daily devotional on your own is not going to cut it. That's not enough. It's not enough. Like I said earlier, the kind of wisdom a person possesses will be revealed by the kind of life he or she lives. When I was at my sister's wedding, I was reflecting about my wedding. And I got married about eight years ago. And for those that know me, I met Monica when I was about 17, 18. So basically, my boat was just like lingering for like 10 years, right? See or no, right? And the reason I was lingering was because I was navigating through life with the blinds over my eyes. I was using earthly wisdom and my response to marriage at that time at uh, 1820 was, hey, no, you know what? Uh, I got to have my career ready. I got to have my dream job. I got to have my down payment for my house before I commit. All of that is the, the earthly agenda. Because knowing how important marriage is to God... What, I'm what I was really telling Monica at the time is, hey, all of these things are so much more important right now. You come second. And when we operate that way and you do get married, marriage still becomes secondary. Because all of these other things you're still prioritizing. And we have to change that mindset. And I just share that as an example. Because sometimes I do ask myself, man, I probably could have been married like 10 years ago, longer. But I was blinded. My priorities were not right. I was prioritizing the world versus the covenant of marriage. Let us stand and pray this morning. The kind of wisdom a person possesses will be revealed by the kind of life he or she lives. I always tell you guys that there's going to be a time when you're really going to hear God's voice. Like, really see him in the flesh. 
And I don't know exactly how he's going to ask you, but he's going he's gonna to do a, a checkup on your whole life. And he's going to see if you lived a life full of wisdom. Or at the very least, know if you tried your best to seek wisdom. Now, I know personally, I know personally that I've crashed. I've crashed my boats, man, so many times. But I also know I got the best insurance. I know I have God's grace. I know I have God's forgiveness. I know I have his mercies. So no matter how bad the crash may have been, or no matter how much in a limbo you are and struggling with whatever it may be, the fact that you are here this morning, the fact that you are alive, the fact that you're able to grab your Bible and read Scripture, the fact that you're able to pray, you still have time to steer that bow into the right direction. And that's the hope I want to leave with you today. Let us pray. Father, we come to you, Lord. We come to you, Lord, in a spirit of, of seeking truth and understanding, Lord. Father, thank you for allowing us to realize this morning the importance of your heavenly wisdom your counsel Lord the importance of allowing ourselves to stop so that we can be led by the Holy Spirit the importance of having a genuine true relationship with you Father we ask that it may be your will Lord that if we're struggling with being anxious or envious or whatever it may be, Lord, that it may be your will and your soul will to move in that space, Lord. Father, allow us to seek wisdom amongst each other. Allow us to encourage those who plant a seed of righteousness. Empower those who seek to plant a seed of righteousness, Lord. Allow us to be bold. To be bold that when we get instructions from you, Lord, we're able to apply it. No matter of the setback or whatever might come from this world, Lord. That we're able to do it in trust. That we're able to do it in love and not in self-vanity, Lord. That we're able to do, that we're able to serve you, Lord. Just to simply glorify your name and who you are. Father, we know that you have not moved. You have never moved from your throne. You have always sat at the thrones of kings of kings. And that it is us that need to apply our learnings, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time. And we hope. That this time does not go in vain, Lord. That we might see 
actual changes in our lives. That our conversations begin to change. And that they reflect the heavenly wisdom that's required from you through navigate through the time that we're passing through this world, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' heavenly name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for coming this morning. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.